0: Hey everyone, I'm Jordy, the Bible School and Tech Director here, and welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that this message inspires you to impact this generation for Jesus. Hey everyone, man I know how this story ends. Thank God that we have Jesus, it's a finished work, amen? But again, just we're so glad that you came this morning. If this is your first time or if you've been here a few times, we just want to let you know you belong here. We're so thrilled that you came to worship this morning. And uh, man, we, we serve a good God. And you're already wondering, man, how come this church is cool? I'll tell you why. It's because Jesus. Right? Anything that you don't like about this church, it's us. Anything you do like about this church, it's Him. So, man, we just give all the credit to Jesus because He is amazing. And uh, this morning we have the privilege of... We're going to talk a little bit about Him this morning. So since you're in church... Right? You go to Tim Hortons, what do you expect? A donut or something, right? Well, you come to church, we're going to talk about Jesus. So uh, before we get into this, I want to just do a, a few quick little ho- housekeeping things. Just this past weekend, uh, we celebrated our team rally. Uh, it was phenomenal. It just was a great opportunity just to thank those that are serving and making this place what it is. Thank you so much for all that you do. Can you just give you guys a hand of a cloud? Just thank you for all that serve. You know, in total, we have 126 leaders serving in this church. And it's ranging all the way from grade five all the way to, well, whatever age you are. That's... that's. If you think you're old, may maybe somebody that's topping you yet. So, uh, But we go all the way just under 100, so in between that age group. And it's just we're all generations serving one kingdom, serving one Jesus for the cause of bringing his kingdom to this earth. So we want to thank you for all that. And those of you that were able to come yesterday morning, we had our equip session. Uh, Pastor Lori did a session. Cheryl Kowalski did a session on business. Um, and it's just phenomenal. And just want to again say thank you for those that came. And let me encourage you. Make sure you be part of those things. We are strategically doing things, not to fill up everybody's calendar, but we're doing what God's asked us to do. So the next thing that we got coming up is we have a, um, a worship night, November 3rd, but then we have a parenting conference, November 15th and 16th coming up. So make sure you put that on your calendar because it's going to be phenomenal and a great way just to connect and grow together and dig deep in some of these things. Uh, one other thing I want to mention is uh, my man, Pastor Rene Havers, all the way from Holland. Renee, stand up for a sec. Yeah. You know, <laughs> You may know Renee. You may not know Renee, but I encourage you. If you don't know him, just jump on him after the service and just try to get him to laugh. Because when he laughs, you'll just start laughing. You can't help it. So just jump on him. Do whatever you got to do. Tickle shots. Just go for it. It's. Uh, but Renee, we're so glad to see you. Welcome to Canada. I mean, he's just got over the jet lag and he leaves again tonight. So I don't know. That's what flying Dutchmen do. They just they come in, do their thing, and move out. So it's so good to see you, Renee. <laughs> So, if you got your Bibles this morning, I want you to go to Second Peter, and uh, just in in preparation and you know spending time praying this week about this. And I was ready to start kind of a new series this morning, and the Lord kind of arrested my attention on Friday, which is awesome. Um, just I wasn't paying attention earlier, I guess, but I had to kind of change my message up. But Friday, I just kind of the Lord kind of caught my attention just to lay down one more quick foundation when we were talking about digging deep. And we've got through a lot. We've talked a lot about what does it mean to dig deep, making ourselves available to God, and all those things. And you know, there's one thing that I want to just reiterate this morning. And it may be things that you know, but I want to just put it in your thinking uh, before we jump into digging deep. <clears throat> and before I jump into that, I want to just make mention to you again: the season that we're in, it's time to dig deep. I believe that without a shadow of a doubt, it's time for you. It's time for your family, husbands. It's time to lead your families and digging deep. It's it's time. It's time that the church start waking up to some of these things because Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. And I don't know about you, but I want to be ready. And rather than, you know, when people say Jesus is coming back, oh, oh, not yet. I want to get married or I need a house. I want to get my my dog first. Forget all that. When Jesus comes, trust me, you're going to be pumped about it. And uh, this is something that me and my boys, we talk out regularly, even the breakfast this morning, we were talking about what heaven's going to be like when we get there. And so I just, I like to keep it on our brain because it's something that the church doesn't talk a whole lot about. This is where we're going. This we're only here for a very short time, right? Sixty to not sixty years, one hundred and twenty years. It's gonna be sixty times two. One hundred and twenty years. Do not go on me on sixty. That's your fault. Don't you dare go. You don't you dare go on me on sixty. Okay, one twenty is what's promised to us, and then after that, forever. This is where we're going. So I want to encourage us on this time that we're here, man. We're here for the eternity. So I want to just. You know, make sure that we're living for that day. And again, as we're time to dig deep, and I want to just reiterate a few things that I have said. Digging deep does not mean that you are going and looking for problems in yourself. You don't go looking and go, Oh yeah, this is why I'm a mess. This is what happened to me in my past. That there may be some things, but that is not what we're talking about. You digging up stuff and trying to make things happen. Trying to make some bad stuff happen so it go away. That is not it. Did you know that you can walk totally free without any bad stuff? All right, four people said amen on that. Okay, but it's the truth. It's the absolute truth. <clears throat> Digging deep simply means is that I'm going to be brave and allow the Lord to reveal things in me that is blocking intimacy with with Him. This is what it is. God wants you. He desires you. He wants closeness with you. Right? That, that's His biggest heart. That's all that He wants. And But what there can be, you know, again... Uh, Smith Wigglesworth is a gentleman that I really enjoy reading after and there's always two questions that he always asks the Lord on, a, on not just a daily basis but throughout the day he would just stop and say Lord is there anything you want me to do right now and is there anything that's hindering a relationship with you at this moment he would just ask that question on a regular basis not just you know, everyday Lord is there anything just throughout the day Lord is there anything you want me to do is there anything that's hindering me from hearing you or walking with you closer that's how the man lived now that about you, that turns me on. I, I want that. And you can see is a man that walked with God. And that anytime, anytime I go to a, you know, chapters or kind of a bookstore, those are the titles I look for. I look for men or women that walk with him. It's, that catches my attention. You got all these things about the, the prophetic this and all that. That's all fine. I look for walking with God. And as soon as I see it, I buy it. That's just what I look for. I've bought books from people that lived in the 1600s. Obviously, they didn't write it because they're dead. But, you know, people that knew them and they write their stories. I'm just inclined to hearing and reading about these men and women of God who've done tremendous work simply because they walked with him. But those are the questions that, that Smith would always ask the Lord. Lord, is there anything blocking intimacy right now? And that's simply what it is, is just being brave and taking the courage to say, okay. And the Lord pointing out to you and saying, you know what? I don't really like the way you talk. All right, let's change it up. Right? Just being open to say, I'm willing to change so that I can walk closer with Him. This is not about being more Christianese. Right? We got a lot of Christian sayings. People can say the hallelujah like the rest of them, but do you walk with Him? That's what we're looking for. That's the key to this whole living free business that we're talking about here. Jesus did not come to set a nice religion for you and I, where we come to church, do our thing, pay our tithes, and go home. It's He wants to be with you. Right? Don't leave Him here. He wants to go home with you. Right? He wants to watch NFL with you after service. Take him with you. Uh, Can you do that? Yeah. Jesus is a a Seahawks fan. I know it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Somewhere over there. Somewhere. But anyway. And then secondly, digging deep is simply allowing God's word to impact my thinking. So let me just ask you this question. Do you think like God? Do you think like Him? Well, how do I think like God? Well, that's why He gave you His Word. Because this contains His thoughts. Do you think like God What it's concerning finances? Do you think like God concerning health? Do you think like God concerning joy, concerning peace, concerning marriage, concerning kids, concerning your destiny? Do you think like Him? Because to the degree that we're not thinking like Him, that means we're off. <laughs> Right, because listen, I'll just tell you this, nobody has ever had their own thought. Either your thoughts are coming from the evil one, or they're coming from God. You don't fit somewhere in between. Right, oh, I just had my own thinking on that. Nobody is that smart to have their own thoughts. I'll just, sorry to burst your bubble, you are not that smart. They're either coming from the evil one, or they're coming from God. So who's feeding you information? Right, right. And that's what we spend a whole lot of time, Jesus saying, pay attention to me. So till we start thinking like him, and this is a lot of times what I find is people are looking for the extraordinary. They're looking for something amazing taking place, and they miss the supernatural all along. And what is the supernatural? It's actually just thinking like him. Because when I think like him, I'm going to talk like him. When I talk like him, I'm going to get the same results that he does. Can you see this? But meanwhile, we're just looking, oh, I just need a touch from heaven. I just need a miraculous miracle to take place. That's great. That's good. And God can do that. But even greater than that is you just start thinking like him. And the result of thinking like him is you start acting like him and getting his results. So that's the supernatural. That's what we're looking for is that my mind has to be completely impacted by what this word says. And when it does, anybody been around people who start, who actually think like this, man, they're different, right? They live totally different. Right? And sometimes they'll even correct the way you think. That's good. Bring it on. I want people around me that think like this. Right? We've got enough of that junk out there. Everybody's, anybody can think like that. Anybody can do that. Why? It takes no effort at all. It's just stupid. But when you go to the Word, it changes the way that you think into thinking like God, which is life, which is light, which is love. And it changes you and I. Amen. So, and again, I'm experiencing the supernatural in my life to the degree that my mind is renewed with the Word of God. And 3 John 2, I want to just read it again to you. It says, Beloved, I pray, this is God speaking to you. My children, beloved, I pray above all things that you may succeed and prosper and be in good health, just as I know your soul prospers. <laughs> so, what's God interested in? You succeeding in every area of life. Come on, somebody say, every area. So what does that include? Your marriage. Is that included in it? Raising your kids. Yes. How about your joy? How about your health? How about your finances? Yes. Every area. But it's only in degree to the measure that your soul is renewed with his word. So what's holding you back from success? Me. A lot of times we think the devil's doing stuff. The devil is not that powerful. Right? He's a punk, he's been whipped, he's been beat. We give him way too much credit. A lot of times what's standing between me and success is just my own thinking. i got to start thinking like God. Because God sees you as the head, not the tail. And you start seeing yourself as the tail. And you just keep wishing your tail around. Kind of like the Eeyore. we got a ton of Eeyores out there. You know, from Winnie the Pooh. Everybody know Winnie the Pooh? How are you doing? Oh, not too good. Aren't you a believer? Yes, but things just starting to stink in my life. You're a tail. <laughs> Fix that. It's a wrong mentality. We need some tiggers. ti double err. Okay. I actually, grade seven, I had a, we had a spelling test. Do you remember this? This was rough, man. And they, one of the spelling words was tiger. And so I remember spelling it T-I-G-G-E-R. Handed it in. And then the member of the teacher, Mrs. Spencer, came back to me and said, Joel, honey. And I went, yes. I mean, I'm a really good student. <laughs> yes. What, what is it? Um, you almost got 100%. I'm like, what? Like These were the like, grade seven. These were very simple words. This is the introduction to English seven. right? I want to just see where everybody's at. And so, you know, like the words there in the sense of there they are and all those things. And so all of a sudden, we got the word tiger. And I put, tub, you know, tiger. Oh, T-I-double-G-R. Like that's tigger. Anyways, I spelled spelt it wrong. 96%. <laughs> it's the highest mark I got that year. All right. <laughs> uh, spelling and the focus. Yeah, here we are. We're focusing now. Tigger. <laughs> All right, that's what it is. Thank you, Sheila. The focus is not trying to get God to do something in my life. Now, I've been saying this just in different words the past couple of weeks, but I want to just say it a little bit differently. The focus is not trying to get God to do something in my life. That's the wrong focus. Okay, God, I need this in my life. I need freedom. I need to see this happening. I need, you know, deliverance. I need health. I need finances. I need joy. It's the wrong mentality. The focus needs to be, am I available to him so that he can change the way that I've been thinking so he can reveal what he's already done? We live in such a mindset of I need from God and we're totally forgetting what he has already done. It's done. It is finished work. So meanwhile, we go, God, I need this. No, 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 no. It's, it's the wrong. You're coming from the wrong position. You got to go from I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need to see what he's already done for me. When I see what he's already done for me, it changes rather than me now trying to get it. Now I'm releasing what already he put on the inside of me. And I'll show you this Second Peter 2. Uh, 2, or 1, verse uh, 3. It says, by his divine power, God has. Everybody say, God has. has. So he's not going to do, he's already done it. So Sunday, October the 6th, has he already done some of this? He's already done it. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Now don't just think, okay, godly life, that just means, you know, to be a good person. Godly living just simply means to live just like he lives. Does God live depressed? No. That's not how He lives. So I need to start seeing He's already given me everything that pertains to this life. I need to see what He's already put in me. Right? He says, we have received. Now notice this, we've received. Everybody say, received. Yes. I've received all this. How? By coming to know Him. The One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. Verse 4 is even, gets good. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us Again, that's past tense. He has given you, he has given me great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. And then what? And escape the world's corruption caused by humans' desires. So what's God saying here is he's desired. He wants you to experience the promises that he's already laid out. Why? So that you separate from everything else the world's got. God wants to use you as a billboard to show off how good and how gracious He is, so the world can go, how are you doing that? How are you living like that? How are you not freaking out? How are you not concerned about what happens in the election? How can you just live consistent day in and day out? It's because His promises enable me to share His divine nature. I'm not determined about who gets in office in two weeks. Can you see this? I'm not saying you have to go out and vote. Do your duty. You vote. You listen to God and you vote. But what it is, is I'm not limited by what happens here. God is my source. I don't care what happens here. He said He'd do it. Okay. So again, we're coming from a different perspective. Rather than, oh God, I need, I need. No, I already have. I release. Okay? Okay, let's continue on here. So... Um, just for time's sake, I'm not going to do Second Timothy, guys. Let's just jump in here. This is something that the Lord just shared with me when I was prepping a little bit on Friday, and it's just these <laughs> these words. Anybody ever built a brand new house before? And uh, when you built a new house and you want to get a new fence or you want to, you know, just do something in your yard, they always say, "Call before you dig." Right? Anybody ever seen those before? And I know we've had an opportunity to build a couple houses and the, the house that we were just in before we, we did that so we had to phone them before to get the fence in and what do they do? Some guy at some point throughout the day comes with those little flags that are super duper annoying, right? You see them all right? They're either red or yellow and then they highlight your grass and for those that are extremely, you know, concerned about your grass that kind of drives you bonkers because you can mow it three or four times and it's still tainted. <laughs> yeah, okay. You, anybody has experienced that or is it just me? Right, so they come with the, ksh, they spray paint your whole yard, and I think these are guys that just like to graffiti things. They just ksh, all across your yard, and then they put these spokes in it. Why do they put these lines in it? So that when you dig, you don't hit something wrong, right? If like you hit an electrical outlet, like that would that'd be bad. Or you hit a, you know, you hit a gusher of water, and ksh, you got, you know, sewage all over your yard. That, that would be unfortunate, wouldn't it? So what the Lord was just even telling me, call before you dig. And what I want to do is just to give you a couple reminders, because again, if you don't realize who you are in Jesus before you start digging, you may be looking for something that shouldn't be looking for. Right? You may be trying to, you may be hitting a water gusher and God's like, no, I've already placed you in a certain spot. Don't try to, try to attain something. So I'm going to just give it to you the way the Lord showed me. So it's important that you know your position. Where you are, who you are, before you start digging. Not knowing who God has made you to be, you could be striving to be it when in fact it's already been given to you by God. Secondly is, not knowing where you are, you could be working to earn a position with God that he's already given you. So this is what we're going to discuss a little bit this morning. Are we ready? Okay. Let's go into your Bibles. go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And again, these are very familiar scriptures to a lot of you that's good but i'm going to just lay it out again quick foundation on it second corinthians chapter 5 and verse we'll kick it in verse 14 it says christ's love controls us since we believe now how many of you believe that christ died for all all right you believe that then he also says then we also believe that we have died to our old life so if you believe that Christ has died for all, you also have to believe that you died to your old life. Okay? How many of you believe that Christ died? Now, how many you believe that you have died to your old life? Okay, that's good news. Right? So when we're, when we're digging, when we're going through things, when we're spending time with the Lord, the Lord is not going to bring up dead stuff. Oh, remember when you were an alcoholic before you met Jesus? Yeah, but let me, hold on, just... I'm, I'm really excited because I know how this story ends. So I'm going to just keep my cool here a little bit. All right, he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. Now, this means that anyone, or is there anyone, Anyone who belongs to Christ. How many is that? Oh, I belong to Christ. What has happened? He has become a new person. The old life is gone. And what happened? The f- new life has begun. So when you're digging, don't just start thinking, oh, God's going to bring up all of this stuff. That no, 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 no. God, that old man is gone. That's why he put Jesus on the cross. He knew we were ugly. He knew we were dirty. Not one of us here is good in any kind of way on our own. So he knew all of that, so he put Jesus on the cross, he sent Jesus to hell, raised Jesus up from the dead, and he said, "Now the new life has begun. Anybody that associates with this man, anybody that connects to this man, is a new person. The old is gone. So when you start going deep, don't just start thinking, "Oh, God's going to bring up all this stuff in my past. It's dead. It's gone. What's he going to dig up? God doesn't even remember it anymore. It's time that you stop remembering it. It's gone. The new life has come. And then verse 21. I love this verse. But it says, God made Christ who never sinned to be what? The offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So who are you now? I am right with God. Other translations say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who I am. Right? Oh, but I struggle with this. No, no, no. I don't, you may be struggling with something. This is who I am. We have to focus on who we are. This is not behavior modification where you gotta try to change the way you are to reach right standing with God. No, you are right with God. When you get the understanding that I am right with God, I start living differently. This is the gospel. You and I on our own are useless. We can't do nothing. But with Him connected to Him, I can live completely sin free. How? Because I'm in union with Him. It's not me being good and just, Oh, I'm not going to sin, I'm not going to sin, I'm not going to sin, I'm not going to sin. Oh, that was hard. Oh, But you know, God's not going to give you anything that you can't control. Baloney! Do you see how weird Christians get when they don't stick with the Bible? They think God gives them temptations to see where you're at. Are you kidding me? I don't go to my son and start, you know, hey, throwing cigarettes under his pillow at night and say, hey... See what you do with this one, man. Oh, yeah, I'm going to give you some booze. Hey, Max, here's, a, here's, a, you know, here's, some, here's some Budweiser. Hey, hey see what you like. Are you kidding me? That would be the dumbest thing ever. God is not doing that. Throwing stuff at you just to see. Oh, I'm going to say, you temptation? That, Oh, you failed. Yeah, I thought you would. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, okay. That's not him. That's not what he does. He made Christ to be sin for us so that we could be made right. So to this day, even though I may have screwed up last night, I am Right? Ah, that's good news. Okay, we're all on the same page there. So when did I become righteous? When I started acting like it? No, the moment that I acknowledged Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, the moment I said, Jesus, I want you, is the moment instantly you became right. The dead man gone, you became brand new. Oh, this is not exciting news. This is who we are. So when we sang that song, like, and I ran out of that grave, you bet your sweet butt I did. I got out of that grave fast. Oh, brand new. Completely free. This is who I am. Okay. Now, what did the sacrifice of Jesus do? Do you mind? I'm going to give you some scriptures this morning, and uh, we're going to just go through it, and all, all of these are going to be in the Passion Bible. So Romans chapter 5, verse 12 through 19. I want to just show you what the sacrifice of Jesus did. So keep that in your mind. When Jesus hung on the cross, when he died, he bled out everything he had in him. Died, rose again. This is what it did for us. It says, when Adam sinned, what was affected? The entire world was affected. Now you can see right here, this is a difference between Satan and a difference between God. When Adam messed up, it affected the whole human race. He came in and just barged himself. And just as we know these scriptures, we see that when Jesus came and set us free, it says those, they're basically allowed to come in. Jesus isn't going to force himself on anyone. So many can be saved, but it's totally up to you. Satan doesn't give free will. He doesn't give choice. He just comes in and he affects the whole human race. When Jesus came and reversed all that, he said, here's the choice. Here's me. Here's darkness. It's totally up to you. I love you that much to let you do what you want. All right. Sin entered the human experience and death was the result. Now notice this. Everything, sin entered human. No, sin, what? It entered. Sin entered. Everybody say it entered. Sin came in. That means God never created sin to begin with. It was never there in the garden. Adam and Eve had no idea what it was. But it entered into human experience, and the result of it also was death. So that means when sin came in through the door, that means any sort of death. That means depression came in. That means murder came in. That means sickness came in. That means anxiety came in. All of this came into the world because of one man's sin. It came in. It forced itself in there. And so death followed this sin, casting its shadow over all humanity because we've all sinned. Sin was in the world before Moses gave the written law, but it was not charged against them who were, where the law was not existed. Does that all make sense? Everybody understand that? Between Adam and Moses, there was no law. Right? But this, I mean, death still reigned. So obviously there were still sin problems. But what was the problem then? When Moses came, Moses introduced the law. And what gives sin power? The law. Right. Once you knew that it was wrong to kill somebody, and then you went and did it, now you felt guilty about it. right? OK. Yet death reigned, as we said, um, as came from Adam to Moses, even though they hadn't broken a command the way Adam had. The first man, Adam, was a picture of the Messiah who was to come. Now there is no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gracious gift that we experience. I love that. There's no comparison. For the magnitude of the gift for far outweighs the crime. It's true that many died because of one man's transgression, but how much greater will God's grace and his gracious gift of acceptance overflow to many because of what one man Jesus, the Messiah, did for us. And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than what was given to us through the one who sinned. For because of one transgression, we are all facing a death sentence with a verdict of guilty. But this gracious gift leaves us free from our many failures and brings us into the the perfect righteousness of God, acquitted with the words, what? Not guilty. Remember, we're just reminding what Jesus did for us. Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. Everybody say, but now. That means right now. This day, where you are seated, but now, some of you need to say their but now pretty a lot more stronger. But now, now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace, and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus the Messiah. In other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, are, you, are we all keeping on track? Are you okay? So all, so through one righteous act of Jesus, his sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to a victorious life is now available to all. Last verse, one man's disobedience opened the door for all humanity to become sinners. So also one man's obedience opened the door for many to be made perfectly right with God and acceptable to him. So right now, since you've accepted, you went through this door, Jesus, what has he made you? He has made you perfectly right with God. So I need you to get this in your thinking. You are perfectly right with God. Say that with me. I am perfectly right with God. (laughs) That's good news. I'm not trying to be right with God. I'm not working myself up and trying to be a good person to be right with God. I already am right with God. When I am right with God, I start doing right things. But as long as I have the mentality, i got to be right with God, I will mess this up over and over and over and over and over again. Why? Because I'm trying to attain something that is impossible. Every human does it. Everybody does it, trying to attain something. Let me just tell you this, you can't. You are no good in yourself to make this work. But God is so good, he sent Jesus and said, just hook up with this man. Get connected to him and I'll, just, I'll give everything over to you that I want to. Now go to uh, Hebrews chapter 10 for a moment. I'm going to give you three verses here. It says, dear brothers and sisters in, uh, in God's family, because of what? The blood of Jesus, not because of your goodness, not because of your sweat of being trying to be a good person, because of what Jesus has already done. He welcomes us to come into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly and without hesitation. You're welcome there. Now, Old Testament, maybe you've already known this, but just to really think about this, Old Testament, for the high priest to go into the holy of holies, they had to have a rope tied around their ankle and a bell around their foot. They would walk into the other room in the deep, in the high place where God dwelt. And if he performed it wrong, he would die on the spot. And nobody could run in there and try to get him back. He's dead. He's gone. The little bell would... Right? Gone. Oh, shoot. Lost another high priest. And you drag him out again. There he is. All right. Who's next? I don't want to go in there. What if you did it wrong? And it's not because God is angry. Oh, you did that wrong. No, it's because sin and God don't do well together. They don't mix. (laughs) But Jesus went in for us, spilt his blood, so you could go there without any hesitation. Man, that's the best news. So I don't know about you, but when I hear something like this, where I go, okay, before it was excluded, it was only for a few people, and if they did it wrong, they're dead. Now, I have been granted full access without hesitation. I'm going to run into that room. It belongs to me. I'm welcome there. So let me tell you this. You belong there. That's where you're going to get answers. That's where you're going to get insight. That's where God himself is going to reveal who he is. It's in that intimate place. It's secret. It's for you. It's a spot for you. And a lot of time, we're just waiting for God to show up in our living room. Oh, God, please come in here. He's invited you to the Holy of Holies. How do I go in there? I close my eyes, and I just envision myself walking in there with Him and saying, Lord, here I am now. Show me You. Yes. It's intimate. It's for You. It's so close with Him. It says, For He has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to Him. I don't have to be ignorant anymore. (laughs) What does God want to do in my life? Go. Find out. Let Him tell you. I don't know. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I was thinking that. Bobby Fisher, where is he? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) We'll just leave that at that. Okay. And since we now have magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house, whoa, we come closer to God... And approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove remove impurity. And we have been freed from an accusing conscience. Now, aren't you thankful for that? Oh, man. Anybody have their conscience bothering them before? How was your day? When your conscience is just, you know, having its way with you. Oh, man, don't ever ignore your conscience. That's the voice of your spirit. If you feel something, man, let me encourage you, you follow that thing. Follow what your conscience is telling you to do, because it'll lead you right. Man, and for these guys, Old Testament, they had to live with their sin in their mind for an entire year. And then after that, it still wasn't removed, it was just put aside. Okay, now that, you know, that goat, you know, took my penalty for me. Okay, it's taken care of, but it's still there. Your conscience is clear. How many of you are living with a clear conscience this morning? Oh, man, isn't that good just to know that, okay, I'm, cl- I'm clear. This is what his blood did for you. It's wiped out. Of all kind of sin, mistakes, it's gone. Now we are clean. Say it, I am clean. I am unstained. And I am presentable to God inside and out. I am clean. And I know this, that in the world, people are looking for this cleanness. To be clean, to be clean, to be clean, to be clean, to be unstained. Ah, How do I get rid of this? Jesus' blood is the only way to be unclean. Amen. Awesome. I think that's the last verse I had on there. Okay. So, now because I am righteous, now I need you to see how God sees you. Because again, this is something, you know, Jamie and I were talking about this. But if we don't understand that we are righteous before God, when we approach God, when we go close to God, we're kind of scared that he might reprimand us. He might hurt us. He might really come at us in a harsh way. That's not it. Because when you start seeing him how he sees you, when you get a picture of how God sees you, and you start implementing that in your own thinking, it changes your approach. Rather than like, God, is there anything that you want changed in my life? Uh, To now, Lord, what do you got? Because I want to walk closer with you. If you see the father's heart, I mean, any dad in here wants to walk closer with this kid, I thank you for that, amen. <laughs> I want my kids close, so what am I going to do? I'm going to say, okay, let's, let's work this out, because in my family, we're not going to yell. So let's come a little bit closer. I'm not doing it in the sense of, what's wrong with you, boy, Psh, fix this. No, it's, I want you closer, so this is what we have to do. This is what our God is like. Um... The next verse, guys, I don't know what it is, but... Oh, yeah, Romans 5.17. One verse that we read already, but this is how God views you. Because of one man's trespass, right? Adam's trespass, his sin, what reigned? Death reigned through that one. Much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness, putting him right standing with himself, Notice, so just a quick question. How many of you received God's overflowing grace and his gift of righteousness? You've done that? Well, how do I do that? You've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's it. You've done that. Notice now what he sees you like. He sees you reigning as kings in life through one man, Jesus. Who am I? I'm a king. I'm not trying to attain kingship. I'm a king now. Why, why would I have to re- reign in heaven? I'll, it'll be done. There'll be no demons to step on there. There'll be no problems up in heaven. Everything's going to be okay. Remember, all the tears are going to be wiped away? Where is the ruling and reigning taking place? Here. He calls me a king here. And as long as we have the mentality, oh, one day I'm going to be a king, you're going to fall into sin, you're going to be a peasant for the rest of your life. <laughs> Hoping that God does something miraculous to change things. No, 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 I'm a king. Say it, I'm a, king. I'm a king. Say it, man, I'm a, I'm a king. Nothing is going to interrupt my kingship. Yeah. Yeah. This is who I am. Not what I'm going to be. This is who I am. This is how God views me. He says, and he told me, to reign in life as a king through Jesus. That's what he told you and I. So as long as we keep going on balling and going, oh God, I just need this. Big. And my life is such a mess. You aren't ruling and reigning. The devil is kicking your butt. So we got to flip the table on him and say, no, 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 I'm a king in this life. Yes, there may be some things that I'm working through, but in between the, the promise and the manifestation, I'm going to rule as if I already own it. Because in the Spirit, I do. It's mine. No, I just walk it out. Okay, Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to just show you a few more thoughts that God has on you. He says, all oh, praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What has He done? He has... Past tense, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So, how does he see you? He sees you blessed. And actually, if you do more research, when God calls you blessed with all spiritual blessings, it means he speaks well of you. So, we find out in the verses after what he says about you. Are you ready? (laughs) It says, even before he made the world. So, he didn't ask your opinion on this. Before he made the world. There's a reason why God does it, because people will talk God out of this. Before he made the world, God loved us, and he chose us in Christ to be what? Holy and without fault in his eyes. So God looks at you, and he sees no fault in you. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I see no fault in you. Now say it to me, I have no fault in me. Why? Because I've I've been clean for about a week. No, 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 that's nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what God did through Jesus for you. He finds no fault in me. Why? Because Jesus' blood has been poured out for me. Then he goes on, God decided. Again, just to prove a point. I decided this, so don't change it. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family. Cha-ching. That's a good place to be. By bringing us to Himself through Jesus Christ, this is what He wanted to do, and it gave Him great pleasure. Verse 6, so we praise God for the glorious grace that He has poured out on us, who belong to His dear Son. <laughs> he is so, come on, say that Bible word, He is so rich in what? Kindness and grace that He purchased my freedom. Freedom? He purchased my freedom? When? When I finally feel free? No, no, no. Before the foundation of the world. He purchased my freedom. I'm free when? I was free before the foundation of the world. Adam screwed it up. Jesus reversed that. I accepted Jesus. That same freedom that he called me way before the world was even here, that freedom now comes into me at this day because I've accepted this eternal truth. Eternity goes through, doesn't, doesn't have time on it. It goes through time and I can say, Jesus! And at that moment, freedom is there automatically. Ha! Ah, so those that are in freedom session, you're not trying to get free. You are free. You already are free. What it is is we're realizing and we're walking through to see the freedom that He's already provided for me. I'm not trying to get it. I already got it. Okay, He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and He forgave all my sin. He forgave you. Come on, say it. I'm forgiven. This is huge for us, especially for the body at large where we just like to talk about all all the sins and all the mistakes we've made. He's forgiven you. It's done. Oh, boo, yeah. Okay. Is there another verse or is that it? That is it. Okay, next is Colossians 2.10. I want you to see this. Oh, so we also now are Saying, I am complete. Through what? Through my significant other? Through my job? Through my puppy? Through my paycheck? Through my friends that just hold me so close? No! I'm complete through my union with Christ. I get more out of time with God than I do anybody else. Why? Because He completes me. You complete me. This is what completes me. Not getting married. And then for those that are married, not being single. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of find that, right? The single people are like, man, if I could just get married, everything would be okay. Then you get married, if I could just be single, everything would be okay. (laughs) Very difficult to please. So that's why he said, your spouse, you're not bringing two fifties into the relationship. 100, 100, 200. Yeah, now you got Jesus in the mix. 300, it's all good. He completes me. He completes me. Everybody tell him that. Jesus, you complete me. Stop needing other people. It's great, of course. I mean, I'm not telling you just to be an introvert and hide in for the rest of your life. You need people. That's that's vital. We need one another. That's what God created us. But I don't look to Jamie to meet a need that only he can give. I just feel so lonely. I feel depressed. Jamie, can you fix this? No, it's not her job. Poor woman having to figure that out for me. What do you want? She can do a song and dance and she's working hard and I'm like, mm, try the next one. And all of a sudden she's you know, doing the next thing. Mm, next one. And all of a sudden she's putting on all these different outfits. And mm, Next one. It, when will it end? Jesus. Jesus. He's the only one. And I'm thankful for all the song and dances that you do. I'm grateful for it, bud. So how does God see me? He sees me complete. So let me encourage you. See yourself complete. Oh, but I went through a nasty divorce. See yourself complete in Him. Oh, but you know I'm just still working through things. I was in the bar last night. See yourself complete in Him. It'll change your desires, rather than oh stop going to the bar. Then you'll be complete. No, just see yourself complete, and the the drive for it will stop. <laughs> Another verse that I don't have on the screen, but it's 1 Corinthians 15, 57. It says, we thank God for giving us victory as conquerors. He sees you victorious and conquering. Man, so cool. This is who I am. Yeah. I'm a conqueror. Yeah. I'm a victor. I'm not trying to, what the church is real good at, is being victims. It just has been so hard. And People are just so mean to me. Get over yourself, man. Jesus made you this. Our eyes are so fixed on here that we're losing sight of what Jesus has done for us. That's why I just, I love the song that we sing, turn our eyes on him. You got to fix your attention again, straight on him. When things seem to be going horrible, fix your gaze on Jesus. Find out, how do we do that? We look to his word. What did he say about me? What is he saying about the situation? I'm turning my eyes on that. Okay. I know, I'm, I don't mean to yell at anybody. I'm just a little bit jacked this morning. Okay. Okay, now because I'm righteous in Christ, that means I'm also positioned accordingly. So I'm going to give you a couple of verses here, and then we'll finish up. But where I am, this is not me trying to get an, or earn a position with Jesus. This is not me trying to strive for a position. You've been given a position because you're righteous. Can you see this? I'm righteous before God. And we're going to talk about righteousness a lot this upcoming time, because this separates basically the men from the boys. This separates Christianity from... It's just so hard. Christianity is when you know who you are in Christ Jesus. It says that in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 5, verse 14, that there's still a baby in Christ when you don't know the word of righteousness. I'm righteous. I can command and demand things through Jesus and it changes on this earth. So where I am, where am I positioned? Ephesians chapter 2, look at this, through 4 through 7. Again, God is so... In what? In mercy. No, I love the Amplify Bible. It says that he had such an intense love for us that he had to satisfy it. God had to satisfy this rich and intense love that he had for us, so he had to do something about it. (laughs) Anybody ever been so hungry that you're just willing to stop at McDonald's? (laughs) Okay, this is like that times a million. God is so rich and intense about you that he had to do something about it. <laughs> Some of you are thinking, McDonald's? Yeah, that sounds good right about now. <laughs> Hit me up with a Big Mac. But because God did something, verse 5, it says, even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When he raised Christ from the dead, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. And verse 6, it says, for he raised us up. They say, he raised me. He raised me from the dead along with Christ. And notice, where did he do? He seated me, where? With him in heavenly places because I'm united with Christ Jesus. Again, Smith Wigglesworth, a book that I've been reading. And this is something that Smith Wigglesworth practiced on a regular basis. But he took his seat. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you took your seat? I'm not talking about just here at church. I'm talking about your seat. The first place that God puts you after you received him as Lord and Savior, he puts you in a seat where now you and I, what do we do in this chair that he placed us in Ephesians 2.6? This is where we rule and we reign with Christ. From this seat, I command, I demand, and I tell the devil what happens here on this earth. Like I said last week, we, tell, we take our seat regularly. Devil, you do not have access to my children. And not only the, the school that they go to. You don't touch the school that they go to Why? Well, be, simply because my kid's there. You can't touch it. We tell him that. Come on, someone. We have to boss the devil around. He's a punk. If you let him loose, he'll just do what he wants to do. It's a lot easier to keep the devil out than trying to kick him out. We stop it before it even happens. And where do you do that? You do that at that seat. There's a, Smith Wigglesworth always said this, there's a place in God that the devil dare not go. He can't get to it. He wanted that seat. Are right? you reading Isaiah? He said, I will ascend my throne above God's. I will be like the Most High. He's been after that seat from the very beginning of time and he can never get it. Why? Because it was never meant for him. It was meant for you and me. We are designed for this seat. So what do I do in this seat? I'm positioned here now. I rule and I reign. Like just picture yourself right now for a moment, seated far above all the thoughts, all the the powers of the air, all the troubles, all the schemes, all the evil plots. And now you look down at them and go, "You can't, you can't do that." No, 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 no. Jesus name, get out of here. You don't have any access around three five five Lancaster Drive. Get out of that zone. Go anywhere else you want, but right here and no touchy. That's my house, by the way. <laughs> For those of you wondering. <laughs> Why else am I in that seat? Because God can point to us. He wants to point to you so that in all the future ages ages as an example, God wants to make an example out of you. In you, and you, in you, in you. Of what? Of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us. That's what He wants to make an example of. I've got two, a couple more verses. Colossians chapter 3. Look at this, 1 through 3. So what do we do now that I'm in this position? Christ's resurrection is what? Is my resurrection too? He rose the dead from the dead. I rose from the dead too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. What does it mean to yearn? To long for, to, long for, to crave. I want. I want to know this, right? To yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits, enthroned at the place of honor. Power and authority. Verse 2 says, Yes, feast. There's say feast. feast. How many of you feasted before? I don't know Thanksgiving's coming next week. I mean, you got your Thanksgiving pants on and you're just. <laughs> He's saying that, man. Get your, get your heaven pants on. <laughs> feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm. And then he says, Fill your thoughts with the heaven realities. What are you thinking about? What are you constantly thinking about that's taking up so much time when he's telling you here, fill your thoughts with the heavenly realities? Let me encourage you. Designate a journal for yourself that has heaven's thoughts only and go to it on a regular basis. Where do I start? Where can I start? Start in the epistles. Start in Romans. No, start in Ephesians. Start there in Ephesians. And every time that you see in him, in whom, in the beloved, Write it down in those heavenly thoughts journal and then I want you every single day you start looking at those thoughts and go, okay, he sees me accepted in the beloved. Oh, I'm more. I've been invited into his family. Just start feeding on these thoughts. What's going to happen? You're going to start changing. You will change. But again, what is it? right really Feed your thoughts with heaven's realities and not with the distractions on this natural realm. Don't waste your time on this. Why? Because it's going to pass away anyway. Now he's saying, don't think about stuff. He's saying, stop worrying about it. What captivates your thinking? Sure, things need your attention, but if I got heaven's thought on it, don't you think that'll just solve a lot of the problems? If we just stopped and thought like God, what would takes 10 years, he can do it in two minutes. Just chill. Then verse three, it says, why, because your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. This would be a good place to even start thinking on. The crucifixion of Christ, which is my crucifixion, has severed me to the ties of this life. I have no ties to this earth at all. I'm cut off from it. And now my true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. (sighs) So I want to just read this last verse to you. This is a prayer that uh, the Hebrew writer, which I believe is Paul, that he prayed this out. Hebrews chapter 13 through 20 through 21. But I believe this, and I'm declaring this today, that you are well on your way to becoming the person that you already are. That's who you are. I'm well on my way to becoming the person that I already am. I'm not trying to earn it. I'm not trying to work hard for it. I'm just discovering it. It's being revealed to me as I fill my thoughts with heaven's realities. In Hebrews 13, this is the verse that says, Now may the God... Who brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ so that he would be the great shepherd of his flock. Doesn't that sound like courtroom words, yeah. right? And by the power of the blood of the eternal covenant, wa bam, may he work perfection into every part of you, giving you, yeah. giving you all that you need to fulfill your destiny. And may He express through you all that is excellent and pleasing to Him through your life union with Jesus, the Anointed One, who is to receive all glory forever. Amen. Now, I declare that over you this morning. That this day, perfection is being worked into every part of you. That's not meaning I have to earn perfection. That just simply means He's working it out in you now. I believe that the same work... The same God who started this work in the beginning, he's going to carry it through until the day of Jesus. He will do it, and he's faithful to do it. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. If you live in the central Alberta region of Canada, we would love to have you come out and check out one of our weekend messages. For more info on all of our directions, service times, and children's programs, visit our website at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.